Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We got a couple of quarterbacks for you, and these are some goodies. Johnny Edwards, John Edwards, Johnny Montana, the quarterback of the University of Montana Grizzly football team. The last time the Grizzlies won the national championship in 2001 under Joe Glenn. He joined us, and uh, we'll talk about uh, just the state of affairs, the uh, University of Montana, his time as a player, that national championship, and uh, and just kind of give a little retrospective look at his time at Montana and what that meant to him and what that was like. Also... Travis Lule, the same thing. And uh, two guys who were kind of forever tied in the history of football in the state of Montana, but the great Montana State quarterback who went on to have a gr- an outstanding career uh, for the BC Lions in the CFL, won a Grey Cup, was an MVP of the CFL, and uh, Travis Lule joining us as well. So we'll have both quarterbacks on uh, at different times here in this first hour of the show and excited to kind of talk about that and kind of reminisce a little bit, some history about the, the Cats and the Grizz uh, on the gridiron and, and and some of the two of the best to do it, and some of the the high watermarks, frankly, for both teams in their in their histories in the early two thousands, very like two thousand two thousand one for Montana, and then the early two thousands for Montana State as well. In the next hour, we're going to get into a little bit of high school stuff. The high school football slate starts tonight in Missoula with the Sentinel undefeated Sentinel Spartans hosting the undefeated Butte. Bulldogs going to be a great football game. Looking forward to that. So we'll get into to that in a little bit more over the weekend. And also, in the next hour, the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, Jay Hill, going to join us. Jay, uh, obviously uh, the head coach of, of one of the, the the top you know three, four teams in the Big Sky Conference in Weber State and uh, have been kind of perennially since he has been at the helm. And uh, Coulter and I uh, have spent a fair amount of time talking with and interviewing Jay Hill and think uh, very, very highly of him and certainly the program that he has there. So we'll look forward to that. And of course, of course, on a Thursday, 
on this Thursday of all Thursdays, we are going to spend as much time as we dig nab can on the Green Bay Packers at the end of this thing. Get your popcorn ready. Thursday night football. Flags and turnovers galore on tap for you at Lambeau Field tonight. Can't wait. I got both quarterbacks in three out of my four fantasy leagues. Who do you start? Aaron. And, and but that's been the, the wrong choice three weeks in a row. It's, just because the Packers have been playing like defensive-style football and Rodgers has been throwing for like 200 yards instead of his normal 350. It, it's been 100% the wrong choice. I also have Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz has been my best quarterback start in all three weeks, even without uh, uh, Alshon right. Jeffrey and, 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 uh, and Jackson. Here's the issue. On Thursday night, when, when Green Bay was already at home last week, took an extra day off on Wednesday of last week and didn't have to travel anywhere and now plays a Thursday night game and has what has been, it's only three weeks, a top five defense in the NFL with a short, you know, still a short wide receiver uh, uh, situation in, in Philadelphia. And I think, I think that this is a, the type of night, the Thursday nights are anomalies, are they not? They're weird games, man. They and are, I think this is the type are. of game where, where Aaron Rodgers might just go ahead and get out there and just start firing around. I really think this. They're, they're anomalies except for with the elite quarterbacks, and I think that at least one of these two guys is elite, and mm. Wentz, is, Wentz is right there. I mean, he... I think Wentz is great, dude. I love Carson Wentz, and I think... I, I am... You, you want to know who I'm benching Carson Wentz for, though, this week? Who? Daniel Jones. Gosh. They're playing. Do you know who they're playing? They're playing the Redskins. Yes. Yes, that's who you should start always. Whoever's playing the Redskins. That's what I'm going to do. Redskins and the Bucks. Let's go. That's what I'm going to do. I'm starting Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones' second game in the NFL because I believe so little in Washington. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Uh, okay, there you go. That's our show, Outlook. It is brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com, the most fun, the most insured gutter cleaning service there is. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Get an estimate today. One of my photographers at Skyline Sports, who's also a good buddy, Jason. You know Jason. Sure. He's from West Virginia, but he grew up, he's a, like a fifth-generation Redskins fan. All his family's from the D.C., Maryland area. And he like, he's like one of the fans where, like when, when Robert Griffin III got hurt in the playoffs against Seattle, like he was having a mental breakdown. Oh. We were at a bar, and like he had to like leave. He was... He was having issues. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so finally he was like, dude, I actually made a decision. Like, this is too hard on me to like the Redskins anymore. Like, it's just never going to come back. They're too incompetently ran. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm just going to watch the NFL. I'm not watching Redskins games anymore. So, I think. so now our text message thread has digressed to the only thing he sends me now are articles by columnists talking about how bad the Redskins are run. Just to reinforce his divorce. Like he wants to remember that this was the right decision. The right decision. Yeah. This is my accountability buddy that I'm just making sure gets the information. Yeah, being a sports fan is so funny. Some people are so funny about it. Oh, man. Well, very good. Uh, let's get into this, shall we? Uh, so Coulter and I uh, had had the pleasure uh, and of talking with both John Edwards and Travis Lillet, uh this week. And John Edwards, uh, we'll start with him, was, uh, of course, the, the quarterback for the University of Montana. And uh, Mr. Smiley, is that what Bruce Barnum called Joe Glenn? Coach Smiley's Coach Smiles, something like that. Uh, nicknamed him uh, Johnny Montana, which, of course, stuck for a very long time. Uh, was the winner of the two, 2001 uh, National Championship game, the quarterback of that team. Lost in the 2000 Championship game, but was there. I mean, went to back-to-back national championships. Uh, also, maybe people don't know this, 
he quarterbacked Billings West to their first ever state championship in at the AA level. Is that 97, right? that's right. You got it. So, uh, John Edwards, uh, good enough to join us to talk about Montana today, Montana of yesteryear, his time uh, with the uh, with the Grizzlies, and, uh, and, of course, that great national championship run. So, here you go, the uh, former head coach of the University of Montana Grizzlies. Former quarterback of the University What did I say? Head coach. Head coach. Well, Maybe someday. I mean, Johnny Edwards is a pretty... Uh, Let me just drink some more coffee. He's a, Johnny Edwards is a pretty marketable guy. You know, I mean, he could probably run for governor. He could probably... I mean, I, he could do whatever he I wants. I mean, he, he, he's an attorney now. His name's Johnny Montana, yeah. for God's sakes. He could probably be the head coach of Montana. He could be the governor of Montana if he really wanted to. It worked out a lot better for Johnny Montana than it did for Johnny Football. Let's <laughs> okay? Here you go. Former quarterback of the Grizz, John Edwards. We go now to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the quarterback of the 2001 University of Montana National Championship team, John Edwards. John, thanks so much for taking the time out. We really appreciate it. How are you? Uh, my, my pleasure and uh, wonderful and glad to have uh, fall back in college football in full swing. John, the intro is interesting in itself because when you win a national championship as a player, I'm sure it's incredibly vindicating, a wonderful accomplishment, something you never forget. Here we are almost 20 years later, and you've gone on to have a great, successful career uh, working in law, and still, I'm sure so many people identify you as the quarterback of the 2001 National Championship team. What's that like, and how has that influenced your life over the last 20 years? Well, and the fact that uh, Coach Glenn uh, nicknamed me Johnny Montana. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that stuck for sure, but... Um, you know, being a Montana kid, I'm a fourth-generation Montanan, and uh, certainly something you take uh, great pride in, uh, being able to accomplish that as a uh, as a Montanan, and and even more so in the fact that uh, to date, the only other guy that's done it uh, is also uh, Dave Dickinson from from Great Falls. So it's unique. Although I wish that that's a distinction that. Um, that we lose uh, here soon, and that that is the fact that uh, that we're the only two that have done it. And uh, I I certainly feel the program uh, is is turned around and heading in the right direction with uh, with Coach House leadership. Well, with the win in '97, going to the national championship in 2000, winning it again in 2001, and I mean, it just looked. I mean, Montana was the dominant program in the nation at that moment, and really continued to be. Uh, a, if not the dominant program nationwide, but never, never summited the mountain again, as it were. Is it was that is that surprising to you to look back and go, man, I can't believe after two and four years or whatever it was, and all of the success that there isn't another trophy in that case. Yeah, it is. You know, because in the in the mid two thousands, there uh, after Coach Glenn left and uh, and Coach Out came in, I mean, they were they were going to it repeatedly and. You know, it just goes to show you. I mean, to win these championships, you need you need a hell of a lot of luck to go around with a lot of talent. And I mean, I, I'm dead serious with that. And and that's true. It it just uh, ball needs to bounce your way. You need to get a couple of plays here and there. And uh, you know, you got to put yourself in the position to be lucky. And that takes hard work. And that takes uh, you know a, a team of 90 plus people going in the same direction. But uh, I am surprised, and uh, I hope. I hope nowadays that uh, we can get back in that position where you at least give yourself the opportunity to, to try to win one. I'm on the board of directors for the Montana Football Hall of Fame, and this last year we inducted Thatcher Slay, one of the great offensive linemen ever at Montana. And 
I'm a guy. I've covered the league now for 13 years, and just watching the evolution of offensive line play, and and now sort of spreading out of the talent. It used to be, I mean, the offensive line you played behind those five guys might have been the five best offensive linemen in the Pretty entire good. league. Yeah. And <laughs> so, absolutely, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, how, so how much do you think that helped you guys? Just the, the offensive front that you had. Well, it's, it's everything. I mean, that's where, where it all starts. And, uh, you know, if you look back how we played football games, uh, you know, much different than how Dave won it in 95. They threw the ball, you know, 60 times, 60-plus a game. Uh, you figure out who you are, and you figure out who your talent is, and then you, you ride them. And, uh, and that's exactly what we did. We had Johansi Humphrey and a fabulous front, and we – ran the ball and, uh, you know, tried to protect it on the other end. My job was not to, you know, throw a lot of interceptions and, and keep the keep the ball out of the other team's hand and uh, and use the talent we had, and that's exactly what we did. And we had a great defense, and, uh, you know, that worked for us. John Edwards joining us, former University of Montana quarterback, former Billings West quarterback, state champion quarterback, in fact, uh, the first in the history of Billings West. Not the last, I might add, as they are rolling right now uh, and uh, coming off one last year as well. But, John, one guy i got to ask you about before we fast forward to the present, but Joe Glenn is one of the the all-time kind of characters and figures in, in really all of coaching, but certainly at the University of Montana. What was it like, you know, you see him now and he's, you know, the piano man and he's, you know, the, the, the politician going around just smiling and happy all the time and is great. But when he was, you know, kind of in his element as a football coach, what was it like to play for him? You know, it truly is one of the most impressive guys I've ever been around. I remember the first time that Joe came in, nobody, you know, at least the players, uh, after he was hired, nobody knew who Joe was. And uh, I actually walked in a few minutes late uh, due to some other circumstances to our first meeting. And Joe was walking around the room pointing to each guy uh, and saying their name and where they were from uh, without a note, without uh, without anything, his ability and and you know genuine care uh, for his players was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And then just continued to you know be uh, just inspired by the way the guy operates. And uh, you know he had a very couple of simple rules, and you know the good guy rule, uh, which is which his simple rule, and and generally worked for the most part. And uh, his basic understanding of the game of football and the fundamentals, and uh, you know, he didn't he didn't dig into the the play calling. He wasn't uh, he wasn't one of those guys, and he relied on his you know his coaches and his players to do their job. Uh, but he also uh, he knew what was going on all the time, and and inspired you to play, you know, good straight up old fashioned football. And uh, obviously, he was successful at every level he ever was at, uh, you know, using that model. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. 
What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. The way that the Big Sky Conference and the CAC Riz rivalry and football in general has evolved since your playing days has been very fascinating to watch. And Ryan mentioned the dominance of Montana at the end of the Don Reed era into then McDenahy, into then Joe Glenn, second to none unparalleled. But then that next year, 2002, Things began to change. Montana State snaps the streak. Eastern Washington's all of a sudden pouring major resources into football. And now the Grizz have some challengers. Uh, and now we get to this point now we have this 13-team league. I think every team in the league except Idaho State has made the playoffs in the la- at least once in the last 10 years. So the parity is just all over the place. And uh, it's just been really interesting to watch. From your seat, do you still follow this stuff? And if so, how, how have you seen it all change? Oh, absolutely. Uh, still follow it. And, and, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I, at the end of that 2002, we were clinging on to, I don't remember what the numbers were, but, you know, still you know, 24 or 25 or something game winning streak in the, in the big sky before we lost to Eastern Washington, you know, and we always had, uh, before we, we lost uh, to the cats and the, and the streak. And so you I mean, you know, you knew it was talented, and we, of course, we got lucky a couple times here and there to keep that streak alive. But it was it was very clear by that time. You know, you got Travis Lulay and, and and just some special players around the league, and then all of those quarterbacks that Eastern Washington has had over it. Um, it's good for the league the fact that this is um, the way it is now because every weekend is, you know, there's a chance for an upset. Uh, they are good, really hard fought games. And uh, I think it's great for the league. And, you know, it probably when you're having one team with a 24 or 25 game win streak within a league like that, uh, it it can't be necessarily healthy. And it it certainly isn't going to last forever. And so uh, you can tell just by the way that these coaches talk week in and week out, it's a dogfight. And that's the way it should be. And, And as fans, that's better for us. With the return uh, of Bobby Houck, what are your thoughts about him being back at Montana? Especially when you played for a guy who's everybody's friend, and now Bobby Houck, he's a coach, he's nobody's friend. <laughs> and so I want to know, you know, what you think about him being there because he was so great as the coach there in terms of you know the success, but also a very different guy from you know the the, the guys that you played for. Well, it's funny, guy. Well, I can tell you that he, he's my friend, and and that's why he has players that will absolutely do anything for him. Um, uh, when you're on his side, he'll do anything to protect you. And, and he, you know, re- he requires a lot out of you. And as a player, uh, you go through that together and those guys are absolutely as loyal as they can be. And I got to, to know coach how, uh, cause he came in the year afterwards and I was around for Missoula for uh, law school and, and everything else. Those, those couple of years after I was done. So, uh, I think it, I think it was a great hire. Um, and you can tell just by, you know, last year it had his ups and downs and inability to finish football games. And he has, at least so far this year, you can tell instilled some toughness in uh, not folding when things got 
get bad. And uh, that's something that he uniquely brings to the, you know, to the field. And um, these players, at least it looks like to me, there's a level of confidence uh, coming back. And, you know, it'll take time for him to, to get that done. But uh, that's his, the way his program operates. And uh, they're, they're a serious football team. And I, I think that that's a change that was very welcome at Montana over the last four years. You can definitely tell the infiltration of confidence already. They are a much more confident group than maybe even 365 days ago. It's been impressive to watch. John, we'll get you out of here on this. I know you've done a little TV analysis work before, so put on your analyst hat. You could be, you'd probably be watching the Grizz game on Saturday at UC Davis. How do you see that one playing out? Well, it's funny. I, I haven't been able to watch a full game yet other than the Oregon game because now my analysis has spent on the sidelines of uh, 9-10 little guy football. Oh, so, yeah, hey, okay. Right. Watching the bobbleheads run around and, uh, <laughs> and tackle one another. So um, I, I honestly haven't got to. I was I was extremely impressed with the way they did play Oregon. Uh, I thought there was a um, – that, that, that was a, a level of defense that was just fantastic. And offense obviously struggled a little bit, but uh, that's against a really good football team. So uh, that was a, I thought that was an impressive um, showing that they had out there. And, and so I haven't got to watch them, uh, you know, a full, full go yet, but you can just tell by hanging on to the games that they're hanging on to and, and the level of pride and, and uh, you know, competitiveness that they have right now. It's, um, it's fun, and I expect good things out of them. And uh, you know, I, they're lucky to have Snead, and they're they're lucky to have a, uh, a tough defense. And it seems like that defensive line is hung up real well. And and they got a, a tough one with UC Davis. I mean, uh, you know, they've what, what they played Cal pretty close, and, mm-hmm. and uh, are, are tough. And uh, you know, NDSU, and I mean, the, the fact that those guys have dominated the way they have, so. Uh, they've got uh, they got their work cut out for them, but um, I, I'm excited for them, and I'm excited for the program. Well, John, we certainly appreciate your time here again. John Edwards, uh, the 2001 National Championship quarterback for the University of Montana, but who cares because he's a great attorney in Billings today, <laughs> and that's the thing that he's hanging his hat on. So, uh, But, we, hey, man, we really appreciate the time. All the best to you, okay? Thanks, gentlemen. Go Grizz. Now, in listening to this back, there's one thing that I want to clarify about what I said so that I'm not misunderstood because I do, I was not clear about this. I said Joe Glenn was the friend of everybody and Bobby Houck's the friend of nobody. I meant that in the context of players. Right. And then John, Bobby, said, Johnny, John said, Bobby's a friend of mine. Bobby's my friend. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Bobby Houck has many friends and his friends to lots of people. But you heard it on the Jumbotron Saturday, didn't? wasn't it Saturday where he's like, hilarious. hey, someday you and I could he's be talk- friends. He was right? talking to Dante Olson and Josh Sandry. They had him mic'd up at practice. And he goes, hey, when do you guys graduate? They said, both, both of them said, oh, uh, in December, coach. And he said, huh. After you guys graduate, we could be friends. Right. <laughs> he goes, well, maybe. Acquaintances. <laughs> So anyway, just just so that we're clear, uh, within the context of being a coach to players, but Joe Glenn, I mean, my goodness, I mean, regardless of whether he was a football coach or a stockbroker or an accountant or a plumber, he's going to be every single person's friend. I mean, just couldn't, you know, he's he's just the bright light that shines in every room he walks into, just happy all the time. And I don't know that Bobby Houck is always that. It's hilarious because when you said that portion of the interview, I got the 2001 National Championship game going right here on my computer, mm. the highlight reel. And at the, that moment, 
that you said in that the line in there, the Joe Glenn's Mr. Smiley Happy Friend of Everybody. There he is. <laughs> uh, Chris Schneider, the kicker. Is that his name? Chris Schneider? Montana's kicker at the time misses a 28-yard field goal, and they pan to Joe Glenn, and he's f- just furious. <laughs> well, there's some football in there, too, I think. Uh, is there not? No doubt. And uh, if you need a real-time update, Vince Huntsberger just got the game-sealing pick, and Montana's going to win 13-6. to Who would have ever thought? Hey, thank you. Thank you for putting it on for us uh, there. Very good. Well, our thanks uh, certainly to John Edwards for, for joining us. We appreciate that very much. And thought it would be cool to start with him. Uh, and he was the he's the older guy and, and therefore having played earlier. But then by chron- uh, chronologically, work in to Travis LeLay. So we'll take a quick break. Coulter and I will come back and try and make a couple of connections for you between John Edwards and that Montana f- team and Travis LeLay and that Montana State team. And then we'll hear from Travis LeLay himself after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hey, even though we're in the middle of football season, basketball officially got started yesterday. How you doing? Ryan Tutel, Colton Wannis. Here's some sports news for you. With the conference football season set to start in the Big Sky on Saturday, it was basketball that took center stage yesterday for the first official practice of the season for the Grizz, Lady Grizz, and Montana State basketball teams. The clubs have been practicing in a limited capacity before school was even back in session, but the NCAA only allows coaching for four hours per week prior to the official opening of basketball season, which was yesterday. The first games of the season, they'll take place the first week of November. The high school football weekend gets started tonight with a huge double-A clash after Missoula Sentinel went on the road and beat previously undefeated Helena Capital last week. The Spartans will be asked to repeat that tonight as they play against number four Butte. Excuse me, 4-0 Butte. They're number two in the state. This is number two versus number three. Huge showdown. Butte is quarterback by Montana State commit Tommy Malott, who and they are coming off a 55-28 win over Kalispell Glacier. Sentinel led by future Grizz running back and safety Jackson Lee. Spartans also 4-0. Also, the Class A match of the year takes place tomorrow as Hamilton hosts Frenchtown. Hamilton suffered their first loss last weekend at Dillon, 26-25, while Frenchtown is undefeated. The Battle of the Bronx is at 7 o'clock in Hamilton. And also, Red Lodge Huntley Project. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. How has the Big Sky Conference evolved since John Edwards and Travis and 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 and, and uh, Travis Lillet were quarterbacking in it? And what is the connection that they have? Well, we'll tell you. Stu Tell New One is one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. 
We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. want to remind you now, took us a little bit to get it up the uh, uh, onto the podcast, but FCS Speculators is official. It's out there. We got episode one, FCS Speculators out there. So if you're uh, interested in games around the Big Sky Conference and the FCS at large and uh, some of the sports gambling numerology that goes with them well you can listen to the fcs speculators and we'll try and uh, help you out with uh, all that information uh, that's out there try and condense it for you and uh, and take a look at football through the lens of favorites through the lens of upsets through the lens of over-unders and uh, and all of that so it's fun to uh, have it there you can get the fcs speculators a betting podcast uh, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and we're happy to have that out and about along with the two tell nuanas uh, podcast as well Coulter, uh, we just heard from John Edwards, former Grizz quarterback. We are about to hear uh, in the next segment from Travis Lillet, uh, who is uh, obviously a former Montana State quarterback, a great quarterback, and one that I think that Jeff Choate would like to reincarnate somehow right now, uh, if he could. Oh, man. Uh, I think about this all the time, actually. I think the irony of the fact that if Jeff Choate could make his perfect quarterback in a lab, that guy would be Dalton Sneed. Hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, Dalton Steed is ultra competitive. He's a leader. He's tough. He can run and he can throw. Yeah, that's what Joe would his dream quarterback is. Dalton Steed. Do it all. Do it all. Uh, it's true. It's a. It's a. It's it's a great irony. Um, I'm not so sure. It's not also Bobby Houck's dream quarterback in some ways too. Right. Dalton Steed's fit with Bobby Houck is so perfectly described in the fact that when Gresh Jensen first transferred, I thought this town was going to burn down. And now no one even talks about it. It's not even part of the conversation. Be- no. Because Dalton Steed made everybody forget. And because Bobby Houck's support of Dalton Steed made everybody forget, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it is an interesting dynamic. Dalton Steed is the perfect quarterback for defensive-minded coaches. Because mm-hmm. we talk about this all the time, right? Like, when Tim Tebow couldn't throw a seven-yard pass, but the Broncos were just winning and winning, and then they win a playoff game because the Broncos' defense was the best defense in the entire NFL, and they were playing even better because when Tim Tebow lowers his shoulder and gets up screaming, now the defense is going crazy too. And so like, if you have a tough-minded quarterback like Dalton C, I just think if you have a defensive identity as a team but a tough-minded quarterback, it just, it's, there's a great synchronicity there. Well, the other thing too is, is for you can get you know the most talented guy that you could ever want uh, you know, to be your quarterback. Uh, but particularly when you're trying to instill a particular ideology and uh, sort of a mental, emotional approach to the game, uh, Dalton Sneed is, is, is the guy to do that, uh, uh, certainly. And also, it's so interesting, too, because Bobby Houck told us, right, it doesn't necessarily need to be your quarterback. He goes, there's a lot of coaches who think it has to be the quarterback, that he has to be the guy. I don't actually think that. But it does. But it is nice when it is, is, is effectively what he said. Uh, but Coulter, after hearing John Edwards and, and getting to, to Travis Soule, lay out for people who maybe, you know, it's been, it's been almost, I mean, it's been 15 years for Travis Soule and almost 20 for, 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 for John Edwards. So tell folks kind of the lay of the land and you know you have the streak and the national championship runner-up then the second national championship the Grizz have been to what three national championships in five years winning two of them and they are the the most dominant team in the nation period it's the University of Montana and in addition to that they have a 16 
five-game winning streak against Montana State. The streak, okay, that they are, like, it's just a no-doubter. There were a couple games in there that very, were very much doubters. In fact, very much looked like they were going to go Montana State's way and then just didn't. But this was a decade and a half of dominance from the University of Montana over Montana State and, frankly, over just about everybody else. And that was the end of the John Edwards era. And then John Edwards and Travis Lillade played in the same game one time and it was the streak-breaking win by Montana State in a blustery day, and you'll hear Travis Lillet talk about that. But then at that time, Travis Lillet takes over, and all of a sudden Montana State, who had really been trying to get themselves to another level, finally are able to, and these two guys are for, forever going to be connected at their respective institutions for when they played and what transpired while they were there. Absolutely. and Just the arc of history is so fascinating, the way that dominoes fall. Montana opens up Washington Grizzly Stadium in 1986. Montana State has won the national championship two years prior. Idaho State had won the national championship two years prior to that. And Boise State had won the national championship the year before that. So in the short six-year history of the FCS, three Big Sky schools, none of which were Montana, had won national titles. Larry Donovan unceremoniously fired. Don Reed hired Washington Grizzly Stadium, erected. All of a sudden, the, the, the pendulum swings. Montana State, in, in the meantime, post-national championship, have two putrid years. They fire Dave Arnold. They hire Earl Salmonson from North Dakota State. He has just won multiple national championships from at, at the Division II level at the Bison. He comes in, and Montana State was running like an early version of the run-and-shoot back then with Dave Arnold. Kelly Bradley was their quarterback. A lot of speed, you know, a lot, a lot of throwing, and Earl Salmonson decides they're going to run the triple option. It goes horrifically bad. They are just awful for four years. <laughs> and then they hire Cliff Heisel, and they want this cowboy who wears his duster on the sidelines, right. wears his cowboy boots, and he's chewing tobacco, and we're going to win with toughness. And they never could find a quarterback. They could never find the guy to get him over the top. Best de- one of the best defenses in the league every year. Could never get over the top. They could never beat the Grizz. And multiple years, they had their season end with a loss to the Grizz. And, you know, that's when the big guys only getting one team in the playoffs usually. So 7-4 and four Bobcat team. So sorry, you're not involved. And then Montana hits the fever pitch with Dave Dickinson. You go to the semifinals in 93. Then you go to the semifinals in 94. You win the national championship in 95. Dickinson graduates. The offense is even better the next year. Brian Ayat tearing up the entire world. Grizz are scoring a million points. I mean, Brian Ayat threw like 60 touchdowns in 1996 if you count the four playoff games. His numbers are absurd. Yes. And... It, it, it seemed like Montana was a machine that would never slow down because Don Reed retires, Mick Dennehy steps in, don't miss a beat. Dave Dickinson graduates, Brian Iot steps in. Just the equal offensive production. Mick Dennehy leaves. What are we going to do? Oh, we hired Joe Glenn. He goes 39-6, and six, goes to back-to-back national championship games. I mean, the program had been to four national championship games and won two in the span of seven seasons. Yeah, it's crazy. Unprecedented success. In the meantime, Paul Johnson goes from Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern was one of – Georgia Southern and Youngstown State, those were Montana's two national peers at the time. Jim Trestle gets hired at Ohio State. Paul Johnson gets hired at, at Georgia Tech. Seems like all the stars are aligning again for Montana to just literally never be caught. But then this redheaded kid from Almsville, Oregon, comes to Washington Grizzly Stadium and throws a uh, touchdown pass to Junior Adams on a slant, and Montana State wins 10-7. to All of a sudden, the streak is over. The, at least some semblance of balance is restored to a, an awesome rivalry because it was so lopsided. Like you said, the Cats lost a couple heartbreakers, but the Grizz also just whipped them many times. And it seemed as if the gap was broadening. Well, when, when Lule won that game, then all of a sudden the Cats went on to beat the Grizz three out of the next four years. 
The Cats share the Big Sky Conference title with each one of those wins, so now Montana has a peer in-state. Meanwhile, the foundation that Mike Kramer has laid at Eastern Washington comes to fruition under Paul Wolf. Now, Eastern Washington is nationally competitive. People don't remember, maybe, the, but the, the, the game that the Grizzlies lost to Travis Lay and, and, and the Cats in that first uh, game that broke the streak, they lost the week prior to Eastern they Washington. They lost to Eastern Washington. Two-game two, two losing streak, yep. which was unheard of. Yeah, I think, they had, I think, the the, I, I think they had won like 25 straight conference games, and then they lost two in a row. Right. Astounding. So the, the, win, the win in Washington Grizzly Stadium when Montana State won that game, it, it opened up the possibility that Montana was not immortal. They did, they, did, they, they did have the ability to sometimes have competition. And as dominant as Bobby Houck was then, taking over for Joe Glenn, which was dominant, there was at least contenders. There was, hmm. Weber State was able to sort of rise up. Eastern Washington was able to rise up. Montana State was able to rise up. And everybody asked what's changed about the big sky. Well, Montana set the stage. Montana set the blueprint. Everybody's been chasing Montana since then. And the on-field results, a lot of teams have caught Montana, but they haven't caught Montana yet. And that's the whole full circle of this whole thing is that Montana's potential is still greater than anybody in the league. That's what the RTD is. That's what Return to Dominance. That's the whole goal of the whole thing. Right. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will hear from Travis Lelay, his conversation and his view on uh, all of this, and not to mention an outstanding professional career as well as he came back to Bozeman last week to be an honorary captain at Montana State's game uh, against Norfolk State. So we'll uh, get to him right after this. Hey, look up. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's satellite internet. That's right. High-speed internet delivered from a satellite right to where you live. When you're beyond the reach of cable and fiber internet, look up Eagle Satellite is our community's authorized HughesNet retailer. With HughesNet, you'll have fast speeds, unlimited data, with no hard data limits, and built-in Wi-Fi that you need. Eagle Satellite has proudly helped our community get online for 39 years, and this year, they want to help you get connected, too. For a limited time, you can get free standard installation when you order HughesNet. Call Eagle Satellite at 406-728-9999 and see for yourself why HughesNet is America's number one choice for satellite internet. That's Eagle Satellite. 406-728-9999. 406-728-9999. Eagle Satellite and HughesNet proudly connecting our community. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. Hey, we heard from John Edwards. 
Let's not waste any time. Let's hear from Travis Lulay, former Montana State quarterback. Our Big Sky Conference preview coverage continues, and now we go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in, former Montana State and former BC Lions quarterback, Travis Lulay. Travis, thanks so much for being with us. Happy to hop out of the office for a few minutes and chat with you gentlemen, talk Big Sky football. Love it. Well, this is the uh, first side. The idea of this came when last week you were an honorary captain of Montana State, and I knew you were back in Bozeman, so I was thinking, man, I'd love to have Travis on the show. And then I was thinking, okay, we could just roll him into part of our Big Sky Conference coverage. But take, take us back to last weekend. You're an honorary captain. This is a cool thing that Jeff Choate has been instituting, uh, honorary captains at at games. Sonny Holland was the captain of the first game, and you know, at the Gold Rush where it's always a crazy night. <laughs> Probably the loudest moment of the night was when Coach Holland was in the middle of the field, and it gives you chills even just thinking about it. Uh, but for what was it like coming back to Bozeman, being an honorary captain, and watching the Bobcats get a big win? Yeah, no, it was awesome. And you're, you're right. Uh, Jeff Choate uh, and the staff there and everybody there is doing a, doing a pretty good job of, uh, of being, you know, recognizing the importance of engaging some, uh, some alums and whatnot. So this actually stemmed back to last and I had a chance to meet uh, meet Jeff Choate uh, a few years ago when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he had just taken the job. Uh, it was early 2016, so we kind of started a little bit of a relationship there. And then I've you know I've met some coaches on the recruiting trail here and there, and then knowing guys in Kane Ione and Bobby Daly, who I played with or were you know around during my era, who are back there now. There's a bit more of a connection with the program again than there was for maybe the first decade out. And that's kind of a testament to those guys. So yeah, they reached out to me in the spring when I retired from professional football and said, Hey, we'd love to bring you out to a game in the fall or get you out to a game and, you know, get, have you do a little salute to the crowd and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, just worked out, you know, uh, working for the football club here in BC, obviously I'm tied up on, on home game weekend. So I picked a weekend when the lions were out of town and I, and, Mon- and Montana state was in Bozeman. So, Last weekend was that weekend. Uh, made it happen. Went out there, and man, it was just—it was really cool. Uh, such a such a warm reception from the from the Bobcat community, and uh, to have an opportunity to be back. I, I had only seen one game. My brother was a senior in two thousand eight, so I was still around a bit back then. And I'd come back for one game in in two thousand eleven, a home playoff game. But it was a really quick in and out trip. That's the only game I'd seen in in years. So this was the first regular season. Montana State home game I'd been to since 2008, so it had really been a while, and you know so much has changed since since I graduated there, uh, just in terms of facilities and things. But there's still a ton of familiar faces around the program, and uh, just to see the energy, the support, and where the football program has has come in the last few years, uh, I mean it's something that an alum is is really proud to see. So for me, it was a really rewarding weekend, and I was just you know humbled and honored by everybody at Montana State who you know, thought to involve me. You know, it's it's interesting because guys that go on to make a career out of football, whether it's playing or playing and coaching and so forth, it's so ironic because they're the guys who actually have are the least able to be in touch with their alma maters that way. <laughs> we talked to Ty Gregorak. He hasn't been ever back to a game at Colorado after he finished playing because he went right into coaching and every Saturday spoken for at that point. Was it – I mean, you touched on it, but, but how surreal was it just to be back, not even just for the game, but just in Bozeman and the setting and, and the memories that come because it has been so long? Yeah, well, I you know I I actually Bozeman was home base for me um, for my first few years professionally. So right, right at, you know after I after I'd come out, uh, my wife and I bought a place there and said let's make Bozeman home base and I'll chase football where it was. So my first few seasons even in the CFL, I was I was 
playing the season in Canada and coming back to Bozeman in the offseason. My wife would work. I was working a part-time job there. And so, you know, just trying to make it stick. And then once I stuck in Vancouver, we wanted to relocate. I wanted to be involved and be around for the off-season community programs that we do here in Vancouver for the BC Lions, uh, be around the players, uh, be involved in some off-season, you know, offensive game planning and all those types of things. It just made sense. So that was actually like the winter of 2011 when I left. So, but even since then, uh, Bozeman has changed a good bit, you know. Oh, yes, and, it and has. <laughs> I mean, you you guys know that, right? Like the town has grown a ton, um, and just to you know hear things that are happening on on campus, walking around campus, a number of new, big, beautiful buildings have come up, and uh, there's you know money coming in, enrollments going up, the town's getting bigger, um, so there's just a lot of change. So it is it is different when you know for me who. I didn't see it as gradually, say, the last seven or eight, nine years. I've come back a handful of times, and it's just a snapshot each time of, wow, this much has changed, or wow, this is different. I, this area didn't even exist when I was here last. So um, so it is. It is it, it's fun to see. It's uh, Obviously, it's a nostalgic place. I still hit up my you know, favorite spots and see my old buddies at the, you know, the right tailgate spots and all that stuff before the game. So uh, it, it, really is, it really is fun for me to come back. And now that I'm done playing, I envision a scenario where I, I get to make it back more than once every other year. So, <laughs> Travis Lulay, the former Montana State and BC Lions quarterback, joining us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And Travis, let's take it back to when you first committed to Montana State. We led this show with John Edwards, Johnny Montana, who led Montana to the national championship in 2001. That was when you had just committed to Montana State. And you told me a funny story last night that I'm going to ask you to tell again. When you're in Almsville, Oregon, right outside of Portland, or right, right outside Salem, <laughs> and not a lot of maybe maybe people don't really know much about Montana, but Montana had just won the national championship. <laughs> Take us through what it was like then to about to become a Bobcat, and then we'll get into your time as a Bobcat. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, no, as we kind of uh, laughed about on text the other day. Uh, so yeah, I, I no, I didn't know a ton. I had a kind of a cursory understanding of the Big Sky. I knew who Portland State was. They had recruited me some. I'd seen Portland State versus Montana State. I'd seen, you know, I grew up a uh, Pac-12 guy. My parents graduated from Oregon State, so and a lot, and that's a lot of where the understanding is, like in the in the state of Oregon, right? It's Oregon and Oregon State, and you you know who Portland State is, but maybe you're not as intimately familiar with all their opponents. Um, so yeah, so I had, you know, and and Montana State kind of came out of the blue for me. They started recruiting me. I didn't know a ton about their history prior to that, uh, but when I went and visited, I met the coaching staff, Mike Kramer and Don Bailey at the time on the offensive staff, and I, I loved it, and I got really fired up, and Montana seemed to fit me. I was a small-town Oregon kid, so Montana felt very much the same type of vibe. Um, so I was fired up. I'm all excited to go there, but I recognized as I started telling people, people say, where are you going to college? Oh, I, you know, I got a scholarship. I'm going to play football at Montana State. And one of the most common reactions was, oh, Montana, didn't uh, – yeah, they're pretty good, right? Didn't they just win a, a national championship? And I'd go, uh, no, that was the other school <laughs> in Montana. <laughs> I'm going to the rival school. So uh, so we got our work cut out for us because clearly our rival's pretty good, uh, but we got a little ways to go. Mike Kramer, the big human, he's taught me as much about football in general and the Big Sky Conference as anybody. One of my all-time favorite guys, one of my all-time favorite interviews you gotta tell us though, what is a recruiting pitch like from the big human when he's sitting down in your in your living room when you're 17 years old? That has to be quite a spectacle. Yeah, you know, he was one of those one of the first people really in my life that I met that was kind of. I mean, the big human is such a perfect nickname. It's like his personality, <laughs> it is. his charisma is just is bigger than life, right? And 
and you know that everything he's saying might you know might not be exactly accurate, but you want to buy it, right? Like uh, he's a uh, he's. He, I've said this for years that Mike could get a, guys who he hardly knew to run, want to run through a wall for him in, in about an hour's time, right? So I remember, you know, as he recruited me, he was just, uh, you know, obviously very complimentary and telling me how much they needed me. And, and frankly, there was a need at quarterback at the time. There was only two quarterbacks under scholarship. Uh, another walk-on kid had, like, left during spring ball. So they were they were recruiting three quarterbacks in my in my. Um, recruiting class uh three scholarship freshman quarterback and they were just kind of going to let us duke it out and i wasn't afraid of that kind of competition so um you know i recognized that there was a chance to move up but yeah i remember him sitting in my sitting in my living room or the um so what had happened was i actually met him on my recruiting trip first and i had only met don bailey prior to that and i remember sitting in his office and it's funny i was just in jeff choate's office last week and i had to tell the story like i remember sitting here and mike kramer looking me in the eyeballs and and telling me at the end of our little visit that he was going to offer me a, he said, a, a, a full scholarship uh, to come play football at Montana State, right? And so, I mean, I was just geeked. I was fired up. I was really excited. Uh, and it was pretty fun. I'll, I'll, I'll tell this quick story. I remember uh, I went, like, after I'd committed that spring, I went to the spring game with my dad. Just two of us went out there. My dad hadn't seen Bozeman yet. This is the school I'm going to be spending a lot of time the next few years. And we're at the post-game, spring game, I think they did a luau barbecue of some sort, and we stepped outside of the old gym, which collapsed this winter under snow. <laughs> so uh, it, was in, it was in the old intramural gym, and Kramer looks up at uh, the Bridger Range, and he's talking to my dad and I, and he said, yeah, I watched the sunrise from the top of Mount Baldy this morning, and I was thinking about, God, what a great player Travis is going to be for us today. And I'm going, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way he hiked that mountain this morning and was thinking about me. You know, so, but, you know, it didn't matter. I, I knew I wanted to play for that guy. And, uh, anyways, we had a lot of great memories over the years. And, uh, you know, I just, I love Kramer. The last time that we were at the Big Sky kickoff in Park City, Kramer decided to not participate in the golf tournament with the media. So we get back to the hotel, we're at the barbecue. And I said, Coach, how's it going? What'd you do today? So we're in Park City. He goes, Well, I rode my bike to Provo and back. I said, Mike, that's like 70 miles. He said, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's he is a man. He's, he's oh, absolutely yeah, amazing. yeah. We could tell Kramer stories all day. We yeah, absolutely there's, there's could stuff like that all over the place. Well, one of the main entry points for this whole thing was we wanted to talk just to you because we talked to Johnny Edwards about this as well. Montana dominated the Big Sky Conference in the 1990s up through then the early 2000s, and Montana was very dominant in the 2000s as well, but. There were some other challengers that rose up. Eastern Washington got, uh, because of Mike Kramer laying the foundation, and then Paul Wolf taking them to the next level, they they became competitive. Montana State, when Kramer took over, bottomed the thing out 0-11 in 2000. But then by 2002, the thing's rolling a little bit, and then you guys knock off the Grizzlies and you end the streak in Missoula, a 10-7 win. And I remember, I remember it vividly. It was one of my most vivid memories at Washington Grizzly Stadium for you, what was that memory like, and how much of that was a spark then to you guys going on and competing for Big Sky Championships and perhaps most importantly beating the Grizz three out of the next four years? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely remember that. I mean, that's as vivid as the memory as I have of, of particularly of that era of, of my career. You know, it was so much of that happened just for me. From from my own personal viewpoint, it was such a whirlwind that, that true freshman year. I came in, I was probably expecting to redshirt, but knowing that there was a chance that if I became 
the two that maybe they wouldn't. And so early in the year, I kind of, out of training camp, they named me the second-string guy. But they said they were going to try to hang on to my red shirt if they could. But, you know, that's, that's hard to do. Um, so then they said, we're, you know, we're not going to register you, so we're going to incorporate you into some of these games. So I played a, uh, a handful of games early in the year, and before I knew it, I'm the starting quarterback. We opened Big Sky Played. We go to Pocatello, and, you know, we lose, but it's a competitive game. I, you know, I personally did some good things. And so then it was like, so now I'm just in the fire, right? So now the rest of the year, I'm just hanging on tight. To be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm looking around going, uh, I got a lot of seniors, and I really felt a strong responsibility being a true freshman on this team uh, to play well for all the older guys on the team. I know the program is, is trying to, you know, take another step forward. Um, so that was, that was my big motivation was I gotta, I can't be a freshman. I gotta play like I'm a, uh, an experienced guy out here. So luckily I had a great support team in in my coaching staff and the players around me. And even in Tyler Thomas, who I had taken the, you know, uh, taken over that starting job from. And Tyler was, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't excited about it at first, but he ended up being quite supportive of me. So I just felt comfortable enough that I could go out and play. Um, and, you know, we start to rattle off a few wins here and there. We get hot. The, the, we had a good defensive football team that year. And before you know it, we win a game. Uh, we're watching after the game. We see Montana lose to Eastern Washington. Um, the week before we were set to play them, we're going, holy cow, next week is like, for all the marbles now, right? We'd win the tiebreaker where we'd go to the playoffs. So it just immediately was like, here we go. Uh, and so, you know, I, and it was funny cause I remember it, you know, we used to host a post game bank, but I remember some boosters coming up and saying, Hey guys, we're not worried about Trav. We're not worried about next week's game. You haven't been around a long time. Just find a way to beat Montana in a couple weeks. Right. And I, and I remember uh, Don Bailey was sitting next to me when that guy, said that to me and he's like trap we uh you know we want to beat portland state next week too right I'm like, yeah, good. Like, like you know uh so anyways yeah we find ourselves and and so that's how quickly it happened so we go to missoula and it, i mean culture you were there just a blizzard of a day i remember throwing balls in warm-ups and you could a lot of times you can't tell how much the wind is swirling but the snow was falling so the you could tell the wind was just whipping in all different directions down on the field i'm throwing balls that are just doing crazy stuff you know they're spinning uh spinning crooked and diving on me and sailing and they're like oh boy this is going to be a tough day throwing the football um yeah, luckily our our offensive line had a great day ryan johnson probably had his signature moment uh in a bobcat uniform that day i think he had 30 carries for 140 yards or something of the like and uh, we made enough plays in the passing game particularly the big play to the junior adams on the first drive of the third quarter Caught him in a blitz, and I hit June. One of those passes found its mark. He, he snagged it one-handed and scored, and that was, you know, that was the most explosive play on a day that was otherwise, uh, you know, one in the trenches. Um, but I do remember the emotion immediately after the game, just an overwhelming feeling of, holy cow, like we, we did it. Like we took a step. We beat a really good football team. We won in Missoula. Uh, that hasn't happened. We, you know, hadn't beat the University of Montana in a long time. So, so. And now we're going to the playoffs, and we're planning for playoffs, and we're staying home, and no guys aren't going home for Thanksgiving, you know? Like, there was so much that happened so quickly, but to feel the emotion of the Bobcat faithful, who had been around for all those years of, of losing and just hearing it over and over and over again. And, and there's no question that that day, especially in hindsight now, looking back, to see how much that marked, you know, the turn of the program. It is just one win, but it, it really signified um, the program kind of, uh, becoming relevant again on a on a on a national scale or a chance to play in the playoffs and 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 it just changed the expectation and man I, I, I'm, that Portland State game I just alluded to the week before we went and played 
in Missoula, we played in front of 7,500 people. And, you know, and now they're, they average more than the stadium's capacity was when I was playing there. Right. And it's just phenomenal, phenomenal to see. Um, and so, yeah, last week being there and seeing them just handily beat a non-conference opponent, uh, you know, with quarterback question marks, with a couple of tailbacks out, and they still just put up a huge performance. I mean, that's just, it's just so different than when I initially got there. And, and you guys, uh, you know, you alluded to it at the top of the show here. Life. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Travis Lillay joining us, the former Montana State uh, quarterback, the uh, notably quarterback who helped break the streak his uh, freshman year, true freshman year, won three out of four against the Grizz. And when you look back on that moment and then your career there, how did that that was that a jumping off point for you? I mean, there's so many people who remember that for so many various reasons, but for you personally. Was there a moment where you go, holy cow, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a part of something, it's a significant part of something that's really good, and then, you know, at what point when you're like, hey, you know, maybe I could be a professional football player, maybe I could make a career out of doing that, was that a, was that a spot for you where that sort of step forward started to happen? Well, you know, that, that's a good question. I, um, I honestly, I was so, um, so tied up in what we were doing in the present moment. Like, I, I honestly, at that point in time, had – no thought of playing professionally. Not that I didn't want to, but it wasn't as though I thought, oh boy, I, I'm pretty good now. You know, right. maybe I can do this. And it honestly wasn't until it was till right until I was about to be a senior and that I started to recognize that, you know, I had some scouts, you know, asking questions about me and I had some teammates going, oh, well, you're going to play professionally, right? And I'm going, boy, you know, you guys think I could, you know, like, like maybe <laughs> I ought to give this a run. Right. Um, so, and I, you know, and I don't mean to sound like I was just some aw shucks kid but I just was I was just really caught up in I, I wasn't worried about that I didn't go to school I didn't go to Montana State thinking oh this could be my launching point to a pro career it just kind of worked out that way and and you know I I'd also kind of started to recognize that you know everywhere I've been I've been able to rise up so so why would that not be the case on the next on the next level right so I started to develop this kind of self-belief that I, I really think I can do that and so you know I was I was fortunate to you know, not everybody gets, I mean, there's a lot of good football players that get stuck and don't get to play as a young player. You know, I remember thinking if I played two years, if I'm a two-year starter at a university, that's pretty special. Uh, man, I was fortunate. I'm, you know, I started three and a half seasons, essentially, right? And so um, I, I, I did. I, had, I was fortunate to have, you know, that career. Um, and, yeah, and I kind of just chased it from there. But like I said, it wasn't really until later on that I thought, hey, let's give this pro thing a, a run. Well, Travis, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate the time and uh, excited to, you know, to track the next phase in the uh, in the football administrative <laughs> world uh, for you and, uh, and and see where it goes from there. But an awesome weekend last weekend and, and fun to reminisce with you. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for letting me uh, ramble on, on, on some of those special memories. No, it was fun chat. Appreciate you guys looking me up. There you go. Travis Lillet joining us uh, and uh, – helping us continue our march towards Big Sky Conference football uh, on Saturday with uh, Travis LeLay and John Edwards. Looking back a little bit here in the first hour of the show, that was a lot of fun. It is Tutel and Nuwanis, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, 
We have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 